0: How can you beat chaos and find peace of mind? More people than ever are struggling against chaos in their life. Rocket Fuel Coffee is high-powered fuel that takes your body, mind, and soul to the next level. We know you want a better life. You want to achieve more, have more freedom, enjoy a healthier lifestyle, and take your life to the next level. The problem is your current lifestyle is a race against chaos. This leaves you feeling anxious, afraid, and wondering if you have what it takes. It shouldn't be this hard to get to the next level. That's why we created Rocket Fuel Coffee Company. We don't just care about coffee, we care about you. We source top quality, ethically produced coffee from the best producers and roast it to order so it's easy for you to take your body, mind and soul to the next level. Just choose your fuel, prepare a tank full and enjoy life at the next level. So order now to avoid staying stuck battling chaos and take your life to the next level starting today. Rocket Fuel Coffee Company is a proud sponsor of Overthinking Real podcast. Take your life to the next level starting today at rocketfuelcoffeeco.com. It's easy to get started. Just choose your fuel, prepare a tank full, and enjoy life at the next level at rocketfuelcoffeeco.com. Use promo code OTREAL for 10% off, plus free shipping throughout the US. Again, use promo code OTREAL. At rocket fuel com today. <laughs> Welcome back to Overthinking Real Podcast. This is episode number four. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to give a big shout out to all my listeners who not only listened to episode number two, which inspired me to relaunch this podcast, but also to everyone out there in podcast land who also listened to episode number three. The response has been fantastic. More than double the number of downloads from episode two. Uh, I know uh, some of those are friends and family who responded to my requesting that they check it out um but many multiples beyond that have been listening so some of you have obviously been sharing the podcast with people you care about and so, uh, and some of you many of you have found me organically and I couldn't be more grateful so thank you thank you thank you if you haven't already followed me on iTunes please do that now um follow on iTunes used to be called subscribe they've changed the name of it now so uh, if you like what you hear please give me a five-star rating and or a review as well uh, and also, uh, of course, you know, the podcast is available anywhere you find podcasts and we'll put links in the show notes for, for the big ones, uh, for, for iTunes. Anyway, that's the, the major one. So we'll do that. Um, and also I have used to channel where you can watch these episodes and please like the videos uh, that you watch and subscribe to the channel there as well. Please. Uh, thank you so much. Many people miss out on all that life has to offer. Because they overthink the small decisions and have no time or energy left to focus on the big ones. So they don't take action on those things which can truly transform their lives. I started overthinking real podcasts because I want to help you overthinkers discover people and resources that can help you say goodbye to overthinking master decision making and have the life you really want. And with that in mind, I want to introduce you to today's guest. Now, if I told you that you could buy cash producing properties, as many as you want, that you could buy those properties with little or zero of your own money down, sometimes even getting a big check when the deal closes, and that you could complete your first damn deal before the end of this month, that you could learn to do that with minimal risk from one of the top creative real estate lawyers, and I would argue the top creative real estate investing strategy teacher in Canada, he would walk you through the steps you need to do that first damn deal quickly but safely, give you a thick and thorough binder to take home from the in person workshops he hosts and give you access to his private student only Facebook group, which includes by the way, access to interact with and ask questions of him, his very friendly and very knowledgeable wife Donna, and his fantastic focused team of experienced creative real estate investors, what would you say. I hope you'd say what I said, which is an emphatic, sign me up now. And I did. Now, today I have this very special guest for you, Barry C. McGuire. Barry is here today representing Rapid Cash Program, a part of his focus series, Essential Knowledge for Real Estate Investors. Barry is someone I've been following for probably 10 or more years now. He has a very magnetic way about him. Once you meet him, you'll want to spend more time with him and learn what he has to teach you. I started taking his courses five years ago. I liked the first one so much. I took it a second time a few months later, just to make sure I got it all. His training is that good and that thorough. And he and Donna are that much fun to be around. Really, they are. He's a very personable lawyer with almost 50 years experience practicing real estate law in Canada. And I'm sure most, if not all, of what he teaches is applicable in the U.S. and in other jurisdictions with appropriate tweaks for local or state laws. He's been an active real estate investor for about 40 years as well. He's a national best-selling author, having co-authored 97 Tips for Canadian Real Estate Investors. He also has his own podcast, Tales from the Trenches, and all his courses are available for purchase online through rapidcashprogram.com. He's got a great story to share with you today. I think you're going to love him. And I know, especially if you take his training, he's going to help you live a better story. Welcome to Overthinking Real podcast, Barry McGuire.
1: Well, wow, Corey, man, taking notes here about all the things that I have to live up to. That was a, <laughs> certainly a, you know, a glowing introduction. Thank you very much. Uh, I mean, it's very nice of you to say all those wonderful things about me. Uh, mostly they're true, I think.
0: <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, you know, yeah. they
1: are. So uh, so yeah, I, I've been at real estate for a long time. I help people all across the country buy in Alberta. I teach creative real estate, as you said. And, uh, you know, I Donna and I love to help people succeed and uh, we have fun doing what we're doing. So I'm uh, happy to be on your on your podcast today for all those folks who are overthinking things and need to step up and get one damn deal done. Cause uh, that, you know, that's the key as, as you and I both. know. So happy to be here. Thank you very much.
0: Awesome. Thank you again. Um, so I just want to take you back a little ways. Uh, you've been involved in real estate for a long time, first as a lawyer and then as an investor. Um, why did you first decide to become a real estate investor? What was it you were looking for or wanted to get out of that, that journey?
1: Well, you know, this is kind of a getting started for me was kind of a good luck story. I was in law school. I had a summer job working for uh, the Indian Association of Alberta. There was another student there. He was a mature student. He was uh, 15 years older than me, but he was in law school. And it it was at the time in Alberta when you could assume mortgages uh, without qualification. And he was buying properties left, right, and center with both hands, putting down very little money and assuming uh, existing mortgages. And he said to me, Barry, you should be buying a property. I said, I don't, I don't have any money. I don't know anything about property. He said, well, and, and so he gave me, you know, a, a bit of an intro- introduction on what it all meant. And I said, well, what would I do with the property? He said, well, you're going to school, aren't you? I said, yeah. Well, where do you live? I said, I live in a house on the on the university campus said, do you own that house no i rent that house he said well you could buy a house and live it in and rent out a bunch of rooms so long story short uh i was in second year law and i i bought a property close to the, to the university of alberta campus uh i used my student loan for the down payment because okay. you need a down payment and my brother yeah. mark was a plumber so he had the monthly income to qualify for the mortgage uh, so between the two of us, we bought the house, it was three bedrooms. We put three bedrooms in the basement. These were <laughs> curtains strung between various areas in the basement. Wow. And we we rented those to my friends and, and had enough positive cash flow now with six bedrooms to replace my, my student loan that I needed to live on for the year. And this is this is a great part of the story. So that's second year law, two and a half years later, when I graduated, we sold that house. So I I remember these numbers just like it was yesterday. So folks, this is a long, long, long time ago, (laughs) long time ago. I have been practicing law for over 45 years now, not quite at the 50 mark, but I'm over 45. And so we bought that house for, are you ready? $25,000. Wow. 25,000. And um, I sold it two and a half years later when I was moving to Calgary for $63,000. So that's that's double and a half. Wow. In basically in two and a half years, it basically went up in value 100% a year from the time I bought it to the time I sold it. And so I've been hooked on investment real estate ever since. So that's, that's how I got started. And Still still doing it. Donna and I still invest in real estate today. Not as much as we used to because we're, you know, more in the consolidation phase of our investing career, but a good deal comes along sure. and I'm in there.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, you beat me to the punch. I was going to ask you what your first, uh, your one damn deal was that got you started. Um, and you mentioned it, we mentioned it in the introduction. Uh, what I've heard you say that in lots of your training programs and in, in your podcast and different things. What does that one damn deal mean to you? Can you just uh, flush that out?
1: Uh, yes. You know what, Corey, I think it ties in with what you're trying to do in your podcast. So over the years, I've really, I've really seen that uh, people have, as they say, you know, analysis paralysis, or they overthink, as, as you've described. And so they, they, they take lots of educational programs. They get lots of help. They assemble a the team. They study. They research. And yet they don't buy a property. They mm-hmm. don't buy a property. And what I've observed over the years is that as soon as people buy one property, which we all know and we all admit, and I'm sympathetic to it, that first property is the hardest one to buy. That, that's mm-hmm. absolutely true. doesn't matter how much research you've done or what kind of a team you have <laughs> or how motivated you are. The first one is tough. But yeah. the second one is half as tough. And the third one, by the time the third one comes Mm. along, all of that angst about buying and what'll happen and oh my God, I'm signing my life away for all this money. That is more or less in the background now and you're able to really spend your time on uh, more on analyzing opportunities and sifting through details in a really uh, more effective way by the time you get to number three. So Don and I were trying to figure out how to say to people, folks, you got to get started. You got to get started. Mm-hmm. You got it. You got to do a deal. Anyway, we ended up saying, let's describe it as one damn deal. Because uh, that emphatically says to people, you got to do a deal. Yeah. So so that's our way of describing uh, the, the absolute need for people to get over the hump and buy that first damn property. And then they've done their one damn deal. And then the floodgates open and you do more. So that's, Sweet. that's the one damn deal background.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's famously said that the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And, you know, that's, that's basically what you're saying. in in that uh, sense, and, and for many people, you know, they, they, whether they think about real estate um, consciously or whether they sort of fall upon the idea because their investments are doing so well, or because they're Bitcoin tanked or for other reasons, they think about real estate. Yeah, they have to do that first—that one damn deal—to get started down that journey. So that's fantastic. Um, and so, and you already told told us about your one damn deal. So you know, and you mentioned this too. Uh, so many of the many of our listeners or viewers have thought about real estate investing. Some, as you mentioned, like for a long time, they've done some research and whatnot. Uh, some have even taken extensive courses. Uh, like you said, they've maybe even assembled a team, uh, but they've not taken any action necessary to complete their one damn deal and get started. And for some, it is overthinking paralysis analysis, or maybe just straight up fear, right? Anxiety of the unknown. Right. Um, so when you were getting started or starting your first, you know, number of deals, when you didn't feel super confident, what obstacles were you facing at that time, either before your first deal or while you were kind of getting rolling? What were some of the biggest obstacles for you at that time?
1: Well, for, for me, I, I was, as, uh, as you probably heard from my story about buying my first property, I got a lot of help from my friend, Paul, who was a law student and, and who, who had done a lot of this. He had he, he bought a lot of properties. So, you know, doing the first one, wasn't so difficult but um, once we were moving on to the second one that's when that's when I really had my first deal issues because now I didn't have any more student loans so <laughs> you know I was getting enough money to get by and pay my law school expenses but I didn't have any more money as deposit and um, my brother uh, although he was a plumber and making good income was a was a young guy he was only. 18 or 19 years old at that time, and and working okay. in Fort McMurray, and and not saving very much money, <laughs> he was enjoying the life of a well-paid young guy, and so he wasn't going to yeah. really qualify for any more. So now I was kind of strapped, for I'm basically back at first deal stage. How do I do? Mm-hmm. How do I a, How do I do another deal? So I, mm-hmm. you know, really what I did there is I um, I started talking to my friends. were renting so my brother and I each had a room in our six bedroom house and that meant there were four other guys there who um were renting from us and so I I mean I did what I I we train people to do in our courses is to always be ready to talk about real estate and so Mm. they were they were interested in how the heck I as a student owned a house So, you you know, Mm -hmm. you just talk about it. And the second deal showed up with pals in the house who had extra money and um, who could help with qualifying on a mortgage. So we actually bought another house in the same uh, university area. Now I'm in third year law, so it took a year to do it. That was a lot harder. That was a lot Mm -hmm. harder than the first one where I had a bunch of guidance and I had a deposit and I had an income producer, but I'd been through my one damn deal. So hmm. I knew about some of the steps, the mortgage qualification things you have to do, insurance sure. appraisal, all of those kinds of things that you that you have to know about to buy a property. I at least had some training. So where I didn't have money or qualification ability, I did have some of that that background, one damn deal information, which helped hmm. me explain and then get other people to come on board to do another one. And so my second deal was a joint venture with me kind of doing the setup and leading other people along. And, um, yeah, that was how my second one went. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the answer to that one.
0: Cool. Interesting. So uh, we'll talk about, uh, joint ventures a little bit later in the, in the uh, episode here, but, um, you know, to speaking of obstacles and you've been now moved on from just, just being a lawyer and, 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 uh, an investor to also adding to that the teaching, Um, So you've seen a lot of students come through your different programs and and your seminars uh, and you've interacted with a lot of people. And and as a lawyer too, uh, you would have seen lots of people uh, encounter different challenges. And I know you talk about some of them on your own podcast, the Tales from the Trenches, which is a fantastic uh, podcast, by the way, people should follow or subscribe to that. Um, So what, what are some of the main, uh, main obstacles that, today's investors face uh, when they're trying to get their one damn deal or trying to move on to their second or third or whatever?
1: Uh, Well, you know, the the obstacles are many and they are often unique to the individual. So um, when we talk about real estate, investment real estate, we normally divide it up into two categories. There's the classic buy and hold strategy. You look for a property, um, you want it to be a property in a good area that the numbers work for you. You can you can pay what you have to pay for it and and rent to a good quality tenant and produce some positive cash flow. And then you hold that property until you've paid off the mortgage is the simplistic classic way of thinking about long-term buy and hold. And then you have a clear title property that that produces a nice income stream for you. So that's one side of it of investing, the second mm-hmm. side is really for a lot of people where the challenges show up, and that is um, with the tightening financial rules uh, in, here in Canada, and perhaps worldwide. I don't know about other countries, but I know in Canada, the the regulators of mortgages and financing, the Bank of Canada and the Office of the Superintendent of Financial in- Institutions. Uh, have been tightening and tightening and tightening what it takes to borrow money from mm. probably about 2007, 2008. There've been 11 or 12 major changes in how you can qualify for financing. So you can wow. still you can still buy an investment property. You can still qualify for a mortgage, but it's a lot harder and you can qualify for fewer uh, properties than you used to be able to. And mm. there's kind of a a guideline that says that uh, for most people, they can only qualify for three or four regular loans from regular lenders before the lending rules won't let them qualify anymore. So there are, you know, you've been through it Corey, you know, there's lots of rules. I mean, one of the rules is is that when, when you're qualifying, I think some lenders um, make you um they make you, let me just see make sure I'm phrasing this, phrasing this properly. Um, they, they'll only qualify you for half your income, but they make you count all your expenses. I'm not sure if I'm saying that exactly right, but okay. if if something is being counted at full pop and something else is being counted only at half pop and both mm-hmm. of them are counted and both of them are needed, as you move along to number two, full pop, half pop, full pop, half pop, sooner or later, the half pop won't uh, won't allow you to overcome what they need for full pop. So, okay. uh, so, so you run out of qualification room. Uh, your favorite mortgage broker or lender folks can tell you more about how all those rules work, and there's lots of them. So you need a really mm-hmm. solid um, mortgage broker or lender who understands investment property, there's lots of brokers who can help you if you want to just go buy a house and move into it with your, your partner and the kids and the dog. Uh, but there's mm-hmm. not as many who understand the investment side. So for people who want to accumulate a decent sized portfolio, uh, it's tough to do it with long-term buy and hold because you run out of room. So mm-hmm. so then the, the challenge, and I haven't forgotten what you asked me about was, what are the challenges? <laughs> the, yeah. the biggest challenge for most people is how do you continue to build your portfolio if you can't get conventional mortgages for long-term buy and hold, which leads people over to the creative side of real estate where you Mm. can buy properties for little or no money down, where you can take advantage of seller financing, where you can employ um, creative strategies together to, to to, to, to have a better strategy. You, you know you attach one strategy to another strategy maybe a third strategy uh, in order to uh, in order to be able to buy more properties with seller financing or little or no money down so that's the mm. biggest challenge and that's really why Donna and I started to, um, to, to do these focus workshops I think we're mm. up to 15 years now uh, wow. because we were seeing people who wanted to buy more and they couldn't so that that's really what you find out and find out about if you end up taking any one of our, our, our focus workshops, including the rapid cash program, as you as you previously mentioned.
0: Right. And that's fantastic. And and uh, I, I don't want to steal our thunder from later in the in the episode. But what you said there just reminded me when you talked about these different strategies that you can apply and, and sometimes together. Uh, one of the biggest things I've experienced in, in being a in, participant in your programs, as well as. Uh, heard other people talk about is that when you you, uh, explain how these different strategies work, um, people quickly begin to see that a deal that they discarded uh, because they couldn't see how it would make money. Now they can see one or two or sometimes even three different ways that they can now make money with that property. And it might just be assigning it to another person for, you know, a few hundred or a few thousand dollars, uh, or it might be JVing, joint venture partnering with someone or whatever. So I just wanted to sort of let people know that that's, um, that's I think an unexpected uh, benefit that people get when they participate in your programs is, is that it opens your eyes, not to just, here's a new way I can, I can get real estate or collect real estate. Here's multiple ways I can look at a deal and you I think you you do teach people to look at every deal from multiple angles so that they can find the best yeah. opportunity right yeah
1: yes I mean it uh, one thing I I, I love collecting uh, a just a, dis- a description that really you know means something and, and projects for people so we talked about one damn deal and and that that resonates with people uh, when you say one damn deal, and they want to know more, the other thing that we like to say, which is so so true, is is that if you understand these creative strategies, you will recognize those opportunities. You gotta you gotta really understand the strategies before you can take something you were throwing in the garbage and say, "Aha! I know a better way to do something." So yeah, you're you're quite right. It's uh, we do that and we fit them together, and it's like Lego sometimes. Lego blocks, click click click, and all of yeah. a sudden there's a a three-part deal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I wanted to touch on that you that you alluded to um, is you mentioned about some uh, mortgage brokers don't really understand how investing strategies work and how they can really help their their clients make the most of that opportunity. Uh, and it's it's it reminded me of um, I talked to uh, a, real, a real estate broker uh, er- earlier this week. I was looking at a property up in central Alberta um, and I was asking him some questions about it. And one of the questions I asked was, uh, is the seller open to, you know, uh, seller financing or some kind of a agreement for sale? I asked him if he knew what agreement for sale was and his immediate reaction was no. And I don't recommend that it's the courts are full of these kinds of deals. And I thought, well, that's interesting. His perspective, right? He's He's afraid, afraid for himself or afraid for his clients. Um, And, you know, there are some challenges that can come up legally for investors. Um, We can talk about that in a minute, but, but his automatic reaction being no, don't even think about anything creative only go the traditional route was was telling for me, and uh, so yeah, you really need partners, whether it's mortgage brokers, real estate uh, agents uh, lawyers uh, and and other people that you network with in finding your properties or selling your properties or renting your properties that understand creative real estate strategies so for sure for sure um so um, you mentioned your your friend Paul, uh, I think who was the one who inspired you to get in started in real estate investing. Um would was Paul sort of your main resource uh at the time, or were there other resources that you drew upon to help you overcome the obstacles that you were facing with financing or qualifying or different things as you were going along?
1: You know, for me it was um it's a bit different than it would be for most people. So I, got, I had my first property that Paul really led me through, and then our my second property we kind of did it on my own. Now I'm in third year law, uh, working hard to graduate. Um, went down to Calgary to do my articles down there with a, um, what was what was the name of the firm? Walsh Harkness Pittman Young Clark and Smith. I remember. <laughs> wow, it's, it's still in existence. They're known as as Walsh and Company now or Walsh LLP, but um, I was so busy as I did my year of articles and then was admitted to the bar that I didn't really do anything for the next um, probably three or four years. I learned about real estate because it was one of the things you do as a young lawyer, but I was doing divorces and corporate work and tax stuff and um, some Aboriginal work. And, and so hmm. I, I didn't do anything with real estate until I moved back to Edmonton, probably five or six years later. And then I was uh, working on my own as a lawyer and having clients who were investing. And for me, I was lucky enough to be able to participate in some of my client deals. So I hmm. I didn't have a lot of those um, a lot of those obstacles that many people have uh, because I had clients who were figuring things out and you know they were selling sixty units and they'd sell. 54 and have six left at the end and go, well, Barry, do you want to buy some of these? And because mm-hmm. I'm doing all the deals, I know what it's all about. It was easy for me to just sort of uh, tag on. So um, I, I'm lucky that way, folks. Mm-hmm. You're not all mm-hmm. as lucky as me to to be right. able to just sort of pick things up along the way. So I didn't really have as much uh, on the obstacles to overcome as other people do.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm sure. And, and things have changed you know quite a bit in the in the last few years, especially. Um, like we, we obviously today have, have a lot more resources available with the internet, and we have way more media reporting on every, everything that they think will give them eyeballs um, and attention and advertisers. We even have many so-called experts on TikTok or Facebook. You know, I've even seen 20 year olds calling themselves real estate investment coaches um giving advice on these platforms which is a little scary to me not that they don't know anything but you know um how is your training different from everything else out there because i think it is really different um and how can budding real estate investors get the most out of their opportunity to learn from you
1: you know that is uh i don't think anybody's really ever asked me that question before uh so what, I think the, what makes, makes uh, our training different is firstly, I'm a lawyer doing the training. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about here's a document that you need for a particular circumstance, it's, it's not some guy cobbling together something on his own that he thinks might work. Uh, it's me as a trained lawyer putting together the paperwork that, that fits. And so the, I think the, the second thing is is that I'm the guy at the end of the deal. People look. They think. They they you know they try and find a property. They analyze. They they you know they find a mortgage. They get. They actually buy and they run it for a while and then they exit. You know there's there's steps that you go through and I'm the guy usually at the end of the deal. But I've seen all of those other things uh, throughout my career. So so our courses are all set up from a seven a seven point perspective, with with me as a lawyer. Being the you know kind of the the guiding light over it all, so we you know we run through the education. What do you what do you need to know about a particular a particular strategy? Um, the analysis. Once you think you know enough to get started, um, the the marketing, the trying uh, to remember all the steps, the diligence that you have to do, mm-hmm. the management of the property. The uh, joint ventures that you might do with it, and then the exit of the property. So we run through all of those steps, and we apply them to each of the creative strategies that we teach. We teach five mm-hmm. creative strategies, so we apply it to them all. So that's so that's one thing. There's a there's a template that we work through every time. We have uh, focus team leaders that come along, all of whom have vast experience in all of the strategies. So mm-hmm. we have. People who have done these things show up and do them. We do a we do a lot of role playing because we've discovered that uh, people learn really well when they mm-hmm. see one person being a seller who's a bit of a skeptic about the you know the, the investor who would like some seller financing, and then the other person being the being the investor. So role playing is a is a big deal, big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, I think this is a big factor uh, in a lot of uh, educational uh, events, you're not allowed to ask questions because it gets the hmm. presenters off their, off their game, as it were. They've got a schedule. They've got PowerPoints. They've got to get through it.
0: Right.
1: In, in, our, in all of our events, people are allowed to ask all the questions they want when they have the question in their mind. We don't say hmm. save it to the end. We answer all the questions. Uh, We do, as you said, uh, provide uh, a giant binder. I know the rapid cash binder is probably over three inches thick and it weighs about 10 pounds. Uh, So we don't send you away with, you gotta remember all this. Everything Mm. that we talk about is in a binder. Mm. Um, We also video all of these events. So you know, to get the binder, you get the video and the audio that you can go back and review. Uh, And then at the end of the day, and you've been there, Corey, so you know, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. five o'clock on Sunday after we've been at it for two or two and a half days, people have to catch planes and go and we say, okay, that's the end of the presentation. But anybody who wants to stay around and talk about more or ask more questions, we frequently are there till 630 or seven on the last day, getting those last questions answered. And almost nobody leaves. (laughs) Nobody goes, I mean, some people have canceled their flights so that they can stay and answer more things. And I guess the last thing is that anybody who takes one of our courses then um, gets to belong to our private Facebook student graduate group of which we've got Mm -hmm. probably near 500 people, uh, Mm -hmm. which are full of people who, if you post something as a student, if you post a question and you've got an issue or some difficulty, it doesn't take five minutes before somebody's answering. And mm-hmm. as it turns out, this is kind of interesting for me. I, I, mm-hmm. I of course, watch, watch that group and Donna keeps a really hawk eye on it, but I very rarely have to answer a question. Of course I will, I, I answer any questions that need me, but our, our focus team leaders and our graduates are so interested in everyone's success that they answer all the questions and I don't have to. So for all of those reasons, right from the, the going through the seven steps, right to somebody being um, a registered member of our student group. I mean, I think that's what sets us apart from other events and mm-hmm. other webinars. You come out mm-hmm. of one of our events with all the tools that you need to proceed. There's nothing missing. Mm-hmm. All the coaching, mm-hmm. all the documents, all the training, all the everything and then we help you afterwards so uh it's total beginning to end 100 percent support which i think Corey has led to the huge success rate that we have with our students because you know how it goes mm-hmm. i mean there's stats that say people take courses they pay the money um and speaking of the money before i finish my comment go ahead yes our our courses do cost some money but when I hear people tell me that they spent 25, 30, 35, 40,000 dollars on some other guru, usually American gurus, and mm-hmm. they didn't get what they needed to, to mm-hmm. do investment real estate in Canada, I feel so bad for them. My goodness. Mm-hmm. They spent all that money, and they're still coming to see me. And you know what they say? Jesus, is that all it costs? Mm-hmm. Because compared to what they paid, our courses are really nothing. And you know what? They're way better. Uh, mm-hmm. The stats show it that we have people that, that actually go out and buy properties using what we teach, and in a much higher percentage than other people do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know, so that's why um, that's why I think we're we're way better. It's the beginning to end, uh, beginning to end process that we do. All the everything that we give people, and then follow up after the fact. So yeah, it works mm-hmm. for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's two other things that I would like to add to that, um, which, uh, you know, I, which I personally experienced. Um, one is uh, you really focus uh, when you talk about opportunities for people to invest and get deals and make money, was you really focus on making sure it's a win-win for the seller. You you strongly discourage people, and I don't think it's just because you're a lawyer. I think it's because you, because it's your your personal values is is you strongly discourage people from taking advantage of of sellers. Uh, and I I think it was Vanessa, if I'm not mistaken, yes. uh, who has a great example of where where she uh, she got a property well below uh, market value. And because she had, uh, she wasn't trying to take advantage of the person she worked with them and tried to help them find the best solution for them. And at the end of the day, and I think you counseled her, you know, before the deal closed was, Um, make sure you, you may even have her sign something that says you gave her this opportunity to go this other direction. And she chose not to do it. If I'm not mistaken, I don't want to misquote that, but, um, the, the person chose her because she was so focused on, on the benefit of the seller and making sure the seller had their needs met and the seller sort of rewarded her in a way of, of their own accord with a much lower price than they could have charged her and that she might've been willing to pay.
1: Um, so I'm glad you mentioned win-win because that is a big, big, big part of what we talk about. And and I think I, I start off any of our focus workshops talking about win-win that we don't beat people up that if you, if you're working with a seller, uh, and you can see that there's another exit that would be better for them than what you're offering or what you can do for them, then you tell them. So Mm -hmm. I think Vanessa, um, tried to show this seller three other ways that they could mm. do better for themselves than selling the property to Vanessa three other ways. Mm. And, and they were good. They were definitely would have been better and would have put more money in the seller's pocket. And in the end, here's what the seller said. You know what, Vanessa, you're not the only person I've talked to. I've had lots of calls from people mm. and you know what they want to steal this property from. They aren't interested in me one little bit. Uh, they're mean and they're nasty. Vanessa, you're the only one who cares about me. Hmm. So, wow. And and Vanessa, I got a property at least hundred thousand dollars value. hundred thousand dollars worth. Wow. And that was that was with full disclosure to the to the seller, and Vanessa was being a nice person and she was doing what we train people to do. So. Win-win is not only karmically good and ethically good, it, mm-hmm. also, um, it also can bring amazing results for you. I mean, mm-hmm. the, Vanessa's seller could have said, oh, Vanessa, that's not that great that you showed me how to do this. Well, thank you very much. I'm gonna take your suggestion and carry on. And, and, nothing, mm-hmm. and Vanessa might not have obtained that property. But so often, so often uh, sellers recognize win-win they recognize they're not trying to be beat up and it's you get to feel good about yourself and do good mm-hmm. for yourself at the same time so mm-hmm. win-win is the way to do it and we uh we just we talk about that every chance we get
0: yeah and i i know that uh you know caring about people is something that uh you and don are are very known for amongst those who have met you and and taken your programs and and know you through the real estate uh you know sort of network of people. Um, And I know you really care about those sellers and you really care about your students. And that's, that's a huge, huge thing for me and for many people. The other thing I I really want to mention that I think is important for our our listeners and viewers to know is that um, the one big thing that, that, uh, and I love this about, about your programs is at the end of the program, you don't sell people up to another program you, you know, and a lot of these competing programs that are out there, in addition to people spending thousands or tens of thousands on that weekend or whatever they're doing, they're then sort of pressured into buying up into a, you know, a $50,000 mastermind or this or that. That's, and you guys, I've never, I've never seen you do that. Um, I don't think you've ever done that, at least not in the last years that I've known you guys. Um, and I think that's really cool. It's you go, you, you pay for the training you get the training like you, like you said you guys will stay afterwards as long as people need you to to answer those questions and you're not there focused on selling them up to more training you're focused on them getting the most out of that training and taking action on that training and then having success with it
1: yeah no that's true i mean the, the classic the classic guru way of doing this is you you know you have a 100 dollar weekend and you jam a 1000 people in a room and then you sell them into the the more exclusive program the next weekend, and that costs 500 or a thousand or whatever it costs. And then, mm-hmm. you know, by the time you got them really hopped up on weekend number two, you sell them into the fifty thousand dollar program. You know, and I know that works. Lots of guys do it. They're making a peapot full of money, but it's that does not sit well with Donna and I. Donna and mm-hmm. me, I guess it is. Doesn't sit well with me, doesn't sit well with Donna and me. Uh and, and so yeah, you, you pay for training and there's no back end, where there's no rushing to the back of the room and banging your credit card for, uh, you know, t- to pay more money to buy another program. So uh, folks, if you, were, if you were thinking that might be a possibility, that's not what we do.
0: Right, that's fantastic. So I know it really is easy for anyone who wants to learn uh, creative real estate investing strategies to get started today. They just have to sign up for one of your courses complete the training, and take action. It's it's that easy. It really is. And before they know it, they're celebrating their one damn deal being completed. And they're well on their on their journey to living the life they've always dreamed about. Um, and they can start that journey today, just so you know. Uh, we'll have links in the show notes. But you can start that journey today at onedamdeal.com. And right now, you Barry, you've got a great introductory program, which you're hosting live online on July 17th which gives people a good introduction to all the creative real estate investing strategies. Can you tell our listeners and viewers all about that program?
1: Yes, uh, pretty excited about this, Corey. On July 17th, it is going to be an all day event, still virtual, because we still still have to do them virtually. Going to be on there. Uh, Donna will run things in the background. We'll have uh, a bunch of the focus team people on, Andrew Workington, Neil Taniguchi, Deb Kennedy, Wayne Hillier, all successful implementers of these uh, creative real estate strategies. And what we're looking to do is just explain to people what those strategies are. What is this thing called an agreement for sale? What is rent alone? Mm. What are assignments or wholesaling as it sometimes is? What about fix and flip? Are you interested in that? And joint ventures Mm. and how they apply to all of those strategies. How do you fit some of these strategies together and piggyback them on top of uh, one another? So it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not the paperwork and the, the details of the deal. It's not the seven-step educational thing. It's not the focus workshop itself, but it's something that will let people hear about the strategies and understand what they are and see where they might be implemented and really to give them an idea of whether or not they want to carry on and, and actually attend one of our focus workshops. So mm-hmm. this weekend coming up is... I mean, it's less than a couple of hundred dollars for it. I don't mm-hmm. know how much it is, but it's less than $200. And you get yeah. a full day of me and the whole focus team uh, talking about creative real estate for about eight hours, uh, all about how it works, how it sets up. And just we just want to you know get it out there for people to see whether or not they, after hearing what these strategies are all about and what they can mean to you, whether or not they want to carry on and do their first damn deal uh, using a creative strategy in, instead of say long-term buy and hold. So yeah, July 17th coming up.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Thanks. Great. Thanks, Barry. Um, so I'll put the link again for that in the show notes, but again, everyone can and should hurry over to one right now to get access to that opportunity. Uh, because if you sign up before the 17th, obviously you get the chance to uh, get question and questions answered live during the during that uh, program which you are recording so people can buy it later I understand and and watch the recording but they won't get the benefit of having their questions answered live uh, during that so great uh, reason to to head over there now and and sign up for that it's uh, 187 Canadian dollars uh, which is less than American dollars now uh, can we just talk about that for a minute I know uh, you've taken some training in the States and you, we talked a bit earlier about some of the American gurus and their, their things are not applicable here because there's certain there's differences in the local laws and things like that. There's differences in the way banks handle, uh, you know, uh, sale of, uh, foreclosure properties and different things. There's lots of differences, but. A lot of our listeners and viewers uh, are American. Um, Is this something that would be good for them to take as an introduction to creative strategies? Uh, Is this something that they can use to sort of start to build on their education or or is it something that really is just designed for Canadian uh, Canadian folks? Um,
1: So... I want to make sure I give a you know an accurate and not a, you know misleading answer to that. So you said earlier that creative strategies, where they might be known you know in, in many different places in Canadian provinces and in, in American states and in, in and in other jurisdictions, every strategy usually have its has its own local flavor and its own its own local rules. So. Let's take an example: rent-to-own, sometimes called lease options. Um, mm-hmm. The the notion that somebody wants to be a homeowner but they can't get a mortgage to buy a property, is I think something that occurs everywhere, everywhere in North America. Let's just limit ourselves to sure. to to America and to into and Canada. So, for people who want to buy a, a want to be a homeowner and can't get a mortgage, I mean the notion of rent to own applies wherever wherever you are, wherever you are. So w- what are you gonna do in a rent to own situation? Somebody wants to buy, but they can't buy right now. So you, you rent them a property uh, for a period of time, two, three, four years, while they f- figure out and cure the problem that's stopping from buying right now. And at mm-hmm. the end of their two, three, four years, when their problem is gone, they can get a mortgage and they can buy the home, so that concept I think applies no matter where you are. It applies no matter where you are, but different states and different provinces have different local rules. So you got to know your own local rules. Uh, so our rent to own course, which is a you know a standalone course on its own, and it's part of the Rapid Cash program as well. If you buy that whole big mm-hmm. program, um, that the rent to own material will be will be valuable for anybody, no matter where they are. Because when we talk about the educational side, learning about it, you got to know about that. When we talk about analysis and how you figure out how to buy a property, that will be applicable anywhere. When we talk Mm -hmm. about win-win, for sure, that philosophy will apply wherever you are. Mm -hmm. People are relatively the same. And if somebody thinks you're beating them up and you're a jerk and really just trying to take advantage Mm -hmm. of them, that, I mean, that won't matter whether you're in California or Montreal or Vancouver or Florida. I mean, mm-hmm. people will know that you're trying to take advantage, and the win-win principles that we teach won't um, won't be as applicable. So, you you know, I'm based in Alberta in Western Canada, and so a lot of my stuff is aimed at being here, but uh, a lot of our programs have provincial flair. So we we have. Uh, documents for Ontario, documents for British Columbia, documents for Manitoba. I don't have any documents specific for the U.S., but you can certainly, if you're if you're in the U.S., you can take what we teach and talk to your own local team and say, you know what, I need you to make this work for me here in California or Florida or Arkansas or wherever you are. And in fact, yeah. that's what I did with Ron Legrand, the great U.S. guru who came to came to Canada at the invitation of the Real Estate Investment Network folks and taught a whole weekend course in creative strategies. And Ron had a big program to for sale at the end of his event, which, yeah. you know, a lot of people took and some found uh, to be advantageous. But what Ron said is, listen, my program works in all 50 states and 10 Canadian provinces and those things you guys call territories up there in Canada. Works everywhere. <laughs> you don't have to change a thing. It's just fine, which Hmm. not quite true. So my job was to kind of keep a rope around Ron and not let him stray too far from what really would work here in Canada. But um, he came up and taught about rent to own and and taught about agreements for sale, which have a different name in the US, fix and flip, et cetera, et cetera. So so yes, I think think overall, uh, I think our programs would be available and, sorry, valuable for anybody in North
0: America. Yeah. And I agree, uh, I'm, I'm glad you responded to that from the from the legal point of view. Um, from a participant point of view in your programs, I would say that 187 Canadian is, is money well spent uh, for all the reasons that you said um, and for the opportunities to network with experienced um, investors who are doing creative deals. Even if the details are different, you can, they can, Amer- our American friends can, can network and chat with uh, some of the Canadian your focus team, for example, and some of those people that are doing these presentations on the 17th, and 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 maybe open their eyes to to like we said earlier, ha- see more than one way to make money off of a certain deal. So I think it's valuable for anybody in, in North America yeah, to take advantage. of. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. So, um, so I've been to many of your in person uh, workshops, as we've talked about, and I've, I've met many of your students in person um, inside your pro- and inside like in person and inside your private student only Facebook group, which is for alumni of your, your main programs like the rapid cash program and the Home program I believe that you mentioned earlier. Um, and there's a couple of stories in particular that inspired me to get involved with you, uh, as a guide, uh, and with creative real estate investing in particular, and we can discuss those if you want. Um, but I'd like to know what are you, some of your favorite success stories from students of your training uh, programs?
1: Well, the, you know, my top favorite one is the story of Vanessa, uh, which Mm -hmm. you and I just talked about that was outstanding. That was really, really really outstanding. A uh, couple of other stories. Um, I, I think that I think that uh, on the assignments uh, part of thing, assignments or wholesaling is the circumstance where you as the investor go out and try and find properties that are undervalued. You get those properties under contract and then you sell those properties to somebody else who will pay you uh, more or what the properties are actually worth. You buy them undervalued, you sell them at market value, and you make some money uh, going by. So I've I've had a couple of a couple of circumstances where uh, where our students have found properties one that was fifty thousand dollars and one that was uh, eighty thousand dollars undervalued, wow. and you know sellers sell for their own reasons. In, you know, mm-hmm. in, in both of these cases. Uh, the sellers had their own independent legal counsel, they had their own lawyer to advise them. They had other people advising them. They were competent and for their own reasons, they were happy to sell to our students for, uh, for what got our students $50,000 and $80,000. So those are, those are a couple of really, um, really good stories. Now, folks, I don't want you to go away and say, Barry said, every time we do an assignment, we're going to make fifty dollars or $80,000. Let's go. Woo-hoo. That's yeah. not true. And that's not the way right. it is. And every deal that you do won't be like Vanessa's deal. And these deals, you have to do right. a lot of work on the marketing side to find a deal. So mm-hmm. just, you know, to be fair and clear about it. But there are great deals out there. Um, and then the other thing, Corey, that, that I want to mention, apart from the fact that there are some Really fabulous deals is number one. Apart from fabulous deals, there are deals. I am shocked that over the years, for all the people that I know in the investment real estate community—not just my students, but all the people at the real estate investment number, all the people at other investment groups that I participate in—I, I often thought that when when there's a uh, when there's a seller who's saying, I I need to sell my property, your marketing is turning up a seller. I Mm. I always thought that there would be like 10 of my students competing for the same property or a whole bunch of people Mm. that I know, uh, all trying to get after the same property. And that it happens every once in a while, but it rarely happens. So Mm. that's to me, that's interesting, that there are enough deals out there, that when you find one for yourself, you're not competing with 10 other folks who have taken my course so that's interesting number one and the second really really interesting thing is is that when we teach we talk about the you know the basics of the strategy and the basics of how to learn it and the basics of how to put it together and that's really the the amount of time that we have we don't get into the esoteric uh, one-off Whoever heard of this before applications of Hmm. a strategy? But here's what happens. As soon as people take the course, they think about it, they go over it, they watch the videos again, and then they go out and start applying it. And I'm always shocked at the number of different ways that students come up with for applying a strategy to a new situation. They figure out things that I've never even thought about and they, they take the training and it allows them to implement um, so I'm, I'm shocked at the number of deals there are, I'm shocked at what sellers will do in terms of giving you a good deal. And I'm shocked at the number of ways that students figure out how to do it differently, or more creatively than what I taught them to start with. It's quite, it's quite gratifying to, to see that that happens. There's lots of opportunity to do things lots of different ways and make lots of money.
0: Cool. That's cool. And so uh, I just want to touch on a couple of uh, things that I think a lot of people, uh, whether they're thinking for their retirement or whether they're sick of their, you know, their uh, nine to five job or whatever, um, you know, a lot of people want to become real estate investors because, um, you know, the promise of, you know, being able to afford to say travel more, or being able to quit their job. And and those things I think are pretty common that reasons that people want to earn more money or become financially independent. Um, And the two people that I I think of when I think of those two scenarios, one is Neil uh, Taniguchi. And I think he shares this quite openly and around the groups and whatnot. He, uh, and I don't know exactly where he entered your training but I know he's one of your focus team leaders now. Uh, He was uh, working full time uh, as a sales manager at Calgary BMW and took some time off to work on his real estate, uh, growing his real estate portfolio uh, and loved that so much. He didn't go back to the job at the BMW dealership, which he also loved. Um, but that, uh, growth of his portfolio gave him freedom and opportunities. And, and I know he does some travel, um, you know, regularly as well. So, uh, to me that, that one is, I met Neil at your, the first program of yours that I, that I was at, and that really inspired me because, uh, you know, I also at the time was in, in a, a job that I wanted to quit <laughs> and have that kind of freedom. So that inspired me. Um, and the other one was, uh, gentlemen, I, I did meet at the second uh, uh, program I attended of yours, which was Oliver. Uh, and again, I don't know exactly where he entered uh, or you entered his story, but um, I know he was a, his, is a student of yours or was a student of yours. And he was able to, at one point, he, he planned, his goal was to travel the world for a year. And through building his real estate portfolio, he was able to, you know, lease his place, sell his car, whatever those details are. He looked after his his things, uh, and he took his family on a trip around the world for a year. And so, not again, not that everyone's going to be able to achieve those, uh, you know, certainly not from just the introductory course, right? But, but that's those are some real world examples. Two two people who live in Alberta, um, who have change their lives and their their futures because of uh, creative real estate investing. And so I think that that if that's something that people have in their mind that they want to achieve, or as a goal of theirs, they should strongly look at taking your introductory program coming up, uh, or any of your other programs to help them, uh, you know, move along that path, and get into your ecosystem of support and training and and uh, feedback so that they can they can move further down that road.
1: Uh, yeah, there, I mean, there's, there's lots of stories like that. There's just no doubt in my mind that if you take some training, um, take, take some training and commit to taking some action on the training, you can, you can move your program and your life along as far as you want. There's nothing but opportunity to move it along. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, you know, apart from Neil and Oliver, there's there's tons of examples of people who have done exactly that, and everybody doesn't have to, you know, quit their job. They I mean they just mm-hmm. acquire a property or two to supplement their income, but it's definitely definitely uh, possible to accumulate uh, a number of properties using creative strategies. Uh, you got to pay some money for training, but you know, for our most expensive training, people will make back all the money they pay for the training, times three or four. When they do their first deal. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, folks, it is, it is really worth it. It's up to you. Come along on July 17th. See what you think. Doesn't cost very much money. Sure. And you can decide whether or not you actually want to take one of the courses or take the big rapid cash program. Uh, you can Go to one damn deal.com and, and see what's available there. But, you know, kind of your call. Nobody ever asks for refunds. I'll say that.
0: (laughs) That's good. Uh, Yeah. And for sure, of course, of course, you know, the cost of not taking some action, not taking any course or not getting any guidance um, is you're stuck where you are. And, uh, you know, going back to whether it's overthinking or fear or whatever, um, you know, if uh, I forget who said this quote originally, but uh, it might have been Jim Rohn. I'm not sure, but said uh, a year from now, you'll wish you started today. So, Why not start today? Right?
1: Good point. Yeah, no, that, that's right. Start today, folks. Get her moving. We'll help you out.
0: Perfect. So uh, before we close off here, Barry, is there anything else uh, that you want to draw people's attention to or anything you want to share or any thought you had that we didn't get a chance to address today?
1: You know, Corey, I think we did a pretty good job of going over who we are and what we, um, what we can help people with and what our philosophy is. I mean, if you think that you like the sound of how we go at things. Don and I and our focus team, really, we know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. And if you want to hook onto that star, uh, then I just, I just encourage people to take some action. Maybe your one damn deal or your first damn half deal would be signing up for July 17th, spending 187 Canadian and give yourself a chance to see whether yeah. or not you think creative real estate investing is for you. Give yourself a chance.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah that's Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And one thing I'll mention too, people will see this when they go to the website is uh, that the that the all the courses that make up the rapid cash program, uh, you've got the rent to own the agreements for sale, um, assignments, all the different programs uh, that are included in that you can take those separately, or you can take them as part of the, um, the rapid cash program itself. Those are all available to be taken online. If I'm not mistaken, they all can be yeah. like you can access them from your phone, your iPad, or your computer, or wherever you are. They're all digital that way. So um, this program um, that's coming up on the seventeenth is is more like a workshop, but they also have the chance if they want to, and this isn't uh, an attempt to sort of upsell anybody, but but just so that people are aware, if they have uh, if they want to go deeper on any of those other things, um, they can take those on their own speed day or night, wherever they are in the world, on vacation or wherever. And, th- and those things are available too. So um, if someone's looking for, for more in-depth uh, training there. So yeah. perfect. Well, thanks for your time today, Barry. I know you're a very busy guy. You got a lot going on. And uh, thanks to your, to your as you refer to her, your sweetheart, Donna, for uh, yes. helping coordinate this. And uh, glad we could do this today.
1: Okay, well, thanks, Corey. It's uh, always, I, I love talking about real estate. So uh, thanks for having me on and I'll look forward to July 17th. Hopefully we will see some folks there at that time and we'll get a moving on their creative investing career. So thank you very much, Corey.
0: Perfect. Awesome. And again, all the, all the uh, links and whatnot will be in the show notes and uh, to all our viewers and listeners, thank you. And we'll see you on the next episode. And thanks Hi, everyone.